Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome everybody, a Football Friday edition of the Two Guys in a Mic show. Plenty more than football to discuss too. We'll uh, get into a little college basketball, we'll jump off the sports page for sure, but uh, Fridays in December means it's a Football Friday, no question about it. Big Dog and the coach at your service right up until 11 o'clock. By the way, I did say in December, Randy Myers uh, sitting in as our producer. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the calendar did flip over yesterday, correct? We are now in the month of December. Shocking. Randy's shaking his head and saying we are not on the microphone. Not necessarily a good thing for the world of radio. Big dog and the coach, though. We'll bring you Beat the Schmoes, Football Friday, all kinds of fun and games right up until 11 o'clock. Let's listen to a little bit of Talk Zone, soon to be award-winning music, and then we get the show started. Goodness, is that Kanye West or Jay-Z playing that, that background music? I only mention that, Randy, because uh, you know both the Big Dog and David Olson, a couple of me- uh, music guys, I told them my kids were going to the concert last night. Not my kids, my son and a friend. And I got the tremendous pleasure of driving them down, because he's only 16 and he does not have his license yet, dropping them off. Now, Big Dog told me, yeah, just go over to you know, Billy Goats or a sports bar or something like that. You kill a couple hours, the concert will probably be over at 10.30. Fortunately, I got some inside information late that the concert wouldn't be over till much later than that. And I actually drove home and then came back. But I think I ended up driving back, picking up my kid at the United Center, 12.30 at night. So, Big Dog, I almost hold you personally responsible for killing uh, 30 bucks parking and about another 50 at a sports bar. But uh, how are you, Big Dog? I didn't tell you 10.30. Yes, you did. There's no way I would tell you 10.30 about a rap concert, Coach. Where are you Where are you calling from, a bathroom or a cave? or what, Why does your voice sound so weird? Well, it won't. Well, maybe it won't. I guess I'll have to move to another part of the house. I'm in the part of the atrium part of the house, Coach. Oh. <laughs> the atrium, huh? Yes. Wow. Does house cleaning I'm take out. care of that or... Uh... Is that, the atrium. Is that better? Is that self-cleaning the atrium? I didn't know you had an atrium there. Very, very impressive. Yeah, we, I, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, but I thought both of you guys told me yeah, about, you know, what was it, a 45-song list? I thought 10, 33-hour show. That would be you know, pretty impressive. Little did I know that the show started about an hour late and it went about four hours. So okay, I'm sitting... well, they obviously weren't on the – well, Kanye West probably did two hours and uh, Old Boy did – like, and Jay-Z probably did like two hours. A lot of it, I think, was together. A lot of it was together, and, uh, you know, I got down there about 11.30 and sat picking my nose and falling asleep for about an hour and 15 minutes. I did get almost on a first-name basis with a couple of Chicago cops who kept telling me to move my car as I was trying to wait for a prime pickup spot. But, all right, I won't hold you responsible, Big Dunk. Well, I don't like Kanye because he doesn't like white people. Really? See, I'm not familiar with the music and... He said George Bush, who I'm not a fan of, by the way. Let's get that straight. Mm-hmm. He said George Bush doesn't like black people for no reason, so I figured I'd just throw that out. Ah. Just throw something baseless at him. Okay. And by the way, he definitely did not deserve his last BET award. Garth Brooks deserved that award, Coach. Just want to let you know. <laughs> 
Uh, now that's a concert I would go to hear. Garth Brooks and Kanye West. Oh, could it's you a, imagine? That would be that would be like twang. Yeah, with a little rhyme in it. Oh, uh-huh. that would be nice. Together on the stage. I was very disappointed though. My kids told me they did not do Sweet Caroline. I thought for sure. I was just trying to figure out which one would do it, Jay Z or Kanye. But uh, you, you, you got to keep. Got to keep people off balance, Coach. If you give it to them every time, they'll expect it every time. My point exactly. I'm still trying to hook up tickets. If you got any connections, I think Feb 6 at the United Center, Neil Diamond, his 83rd comeback show. I'd love to hook up a couple of tickets if you got any connections. Well, uh, my aunt, my aunt Niemi, my aunt Naomi, by really? the way. I told her aunt Niemi. She does not like that, especially since he's been traded. Auntie she Niemi? Follows, she follows uh, Neil Diamond around like it's a dead show, Coach. <laughs> She sells like bracelets out of her out of her trunk. Yeah, little wine, little blush wine. It's pretty cool. Yeah. You got to be careful when you say the people that follow around Neil Diamond. You like him to to a dead concert. That's you have to be very careful when you say that. Uh, they're more gypsy like, Coach. Yeah. You can't tell. You can't tell when you see them, but you can definitely tell when you smell them. Yeah, I will tell you this. Uh, <laughs> take it easy, big dog. Wow. How many gypsies smell good, Coach? How many gypsies do you know smell good? Yeah, not not a whole lot. Not okay. a whole lot. All I know is when, uh, you know, about the fifth or sixth song of a set, a couple of cocktails, you're listening to Neil Diamond at a local bar or whatever, and Kentucky Woman comes on, all's good, uh-huh. and, all's good in love and war. I have no idea what song that is, Coach. Oh, come on, big dog. Come on. Brother Loves Traveling Show? Sing a, sing a few words. I'm not going to sing. Are you kidding me? It's a football Friday. There's no singing on a football Friday unless we <laughs> unless we bring in the dearly departed Hank Williams, who also hates white people, I think. Or does he hate black oh, people? I forgot. I don't know. Well, which one, senior or junior? <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, great day have you, big dog. And I see you're, uh, you're firing some stuff out on the Facebook page here uh, on the Beat the Schmoes, and I have a couple questions. And also, you apparently, you've got some stories off the sports page you want to get into. Oh, well, I, it's a football Friday, so I can just make sure it's really nice and quick and mm-hmm. take me less than a minute to do all three stories, but they're pretty funny stuff. Okay. Though. All right, now one question I had, and uh, again, I might need uh, producer extraordinaire Randy Meyer. By the way, Randy is sitting in today, not for the vacationing, but David Olson is either under the dental knife or at the doctor's office. Someone is scoping him. I'm not sure what orifice, uh, Big Dog, but David Olson is being scoped as we speak, our producer. Oh, I hate being scoped, Coach. Yep. That's never fun. Yeah, when the doctor well, brings out the so flashlight, that's always a worry part, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I had a question here. Beat, I've, I've always, for 10 years, we've been playing Beat the Schmoes. Yeah. Award-winning sports talk radio, which hasn't won any awards. I can't believe that Beat the Schmoes has not become a worldwide sensation at this point. It shocks me. But I've always Please spelled it as, What's that? Please don't remind me, Coach. <laughs> Uh, I've always spelled it S M O S. I noticed shockingly you uh, have changed the spelling to S H O M E S. Now it doesn't really matter if we're grammatically correct, but Randy, what schmoes? Do we have a correct spelling for schmoes? It, it, Big Doug, you just shoot that out there, or did you actually go uh, Funk and Wagnall for that one? I didn't go Funk and Wagnall. I didn't know that you spelled it differently than I did. So for 10 years, I've been sending out notifications, and and you haven't bothered to look at the spell. Nice to see you keeping up with the show. You do know that, like, you can totally rearrange letters in people's, in words, and people just, your brain automatically reads it. Yes. Since you always call it Beat the Schmoes when I read Beat that, I did not, I'll have to look back. I have never noticed that you did not spell it with an H. Mm-hmm. Okay. All if Harry Carey was alive, how do, how do you, uh, Radwanski spelled backwards is what? 
Oh, I had X Nwadar. Hey, careful. That was pretty quick. Careful. Pretty quick, I, I think we just got kicked off the air in Lithuania. That's well, one of the, that's mean, one that of the was, seven Lithuanian words you can't say on Lithuanian radio. That wasn't today, by the way. We had already been kicked. <laughs> All right. Uh, give me some of the stories off the sports page. We do got football Friday. I want to make our uh, beat the schmoes football picks. There is a chance, by the way, that our lead predictor, the uh, uh, I want to say God's gift of football predictions, but God's gift is now the new star at St. John's University. Randy, have you heard this kid? He's a legit. I had a friend call me up this morning. Yeah, I read in the paper. You see the story? The guy's called God's Gift. Yeah, I've been talking about him for two weeks. Plays for St. John's, scored 18 points and 10 rebounds. So we can't call David Olson God's Gift anymore because God's Gift is a uh, future NBA player. But He's a physical presence. 18 points, 10 rebounds against a team uh, called Kentucky. I think they're pretty good. Yeah, that's definitely good. Mm-hmm. By the way, the young man we were talking about who nobody had heard of two years ago who – not only grew eight inches, but skyrocketed from unheard of to the number one high school player in the country. And he played for a little Perspectives High School in Chicago. You remember us talking about him? Yeah, Anthony Davis. I, I saw some great highlights of him yesterday. I did not see the game. You saw some of the highlights. I'm going to watch Kentucky-North Carolina this weekend, but here's a freshman in college in his third or fourth game. 15 points, 15 rebounds, eight blocked Shots and don't forget, Big Dog. He was playing against small high school competition uh, 365 days ago. Coach, the the highlight they specifically highlighted Anthony Davis of uh, was there was a fast break. Who were they playing? Which uh, Saint, which St. John's? Oh, they were playing St. John's. Okay, so uh, St. John's had a fast break, and Anthony Davis chased down the guy with the ball, and as the guy went up for the layup, he blocked the shot from behind. Okay. The, the loose ball was caught by a guy. The guy turned around, eventually went right up the court. Anthony Davis had turned around, sprinted up the court, and he threw a lob, and Anthony Davis caught it. Wow. Like, I'm not kidding you, like six feet from the basket, and he was at least three feet above the wow. basket and threw it. It was unbelievable. I was like, oh, okay, now <laughs> I understand why he's I, – I didn't know, Coach. I did not yeah. – that was some of the most athletic – 10 seconds I've ever seen a basketball player <laughs> play at a court. And I hate to tell you, he's just starting. I mean, like I said, his arrow is just, uh, you know, he's only become a sensation for a couple of years. The arrow is pointing uh, way up for an Anthony Davis. He'll be the number one pick overall in the draft. Yeah, yeah, and I know, you know, it's good to have skill to be able to shoot and all that other stuff, but if you can block shots, run the floor, and dunk, I mean, to have that weapon on a team is just, it electric, because not only does it, like, it changes momentum from the fact that it actually changes momentum in the points of mm-hmm. the game. When you can get a crowd into a game like that and get your teammates into it, it's all nice to do the pick and roll and hit a jump shot, Coach. But when you get block shots and dunks, it creates a whole atmosphere in the arena. Wouldn't you have liked to see him play again 365 days ago? The guy's playing for a small charter school, Perspectives Academy, against their arch rival in the Chicagoland, Chicago Jewish High School. A small school up in Deerfield. I'm not joking about that. I'm serious. That's the type of competition he was. Can you imagine? Yeah, you're right. You're right. So about about 280 days ago, he's in his conference championship game. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, it's just I can't even imagine that guy. He's going up against a center who's yeah. six foot three, five foot ten and, inch, uh, five foot ten inch postman for CJHS Chicagoland Jewish. Rob Horwitz goes up for the jump shot, rejected by Anthony Davis. Horwitz <laughs> can't believe it. He's looking for the call. 
He's the second leading scorer of the conference. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Adrian Dantley. 5'11 and a half, an undersized post player, but he's strong rebounder, says head coach Saul Shaul. Yeah, All right. Had... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, g- give me some of your off the sports page stories because we do got to get to a football okay, I, I, We will definitely get to football, but in honor yes, of Seek and he shall fight. I, I'll do this quick, but uh, there'll be rapid fire. Now, a guy in San Jose, Coach, this is uh, without question my favorite one of the day. His name is Long Huang. Okay. I beg your well, pardon? Long Huang. Okay. Whatever, but he's he decides to go jogging in a CrossFit outfit, you know, because he wants to lose weight. He's down to 142 pounds. The guy's a psychopath. Okay, well, it ends up being, it looks like body armor, and because of this, he also puts a gas mask over his face. Okay, so... It, it, basically, it says that he's, it, it slows down his muscles, and it makes his uh, lungs think that he's at a higher altitude, so it's much more difficult. Well, the guy jogs to the post office and decides to put a package inside <laughs> a box at the post office. And, like, oh, come on. People immediately call 911, and then he takes off running. Okay, so come on. Like, what the heck? Of course, they shut down the whole entire uh the whole entire post office, 150 employees and workers. Okay, yeah. they catch the guy running down the street, and he has no idea what's going on. They're like they throw him out of the crowd. With, and he's I mean, with everything you like, described, it was weird enough like, as it is. But you're telling me the guy stopped by the post office in that outfit and decided to drop a box in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So he puts a package into the post office as he's uh, he's like, hey, it's my cardio day. That was his excuse. I, I, I think that doing. outfit is uh, blocking a little bit of the oxygen flow to the brainio cavity. Wow. So you guys, you can go to uh, you can go to uh, mercurynews.com in order to get more on that story, which is pretty funny. The pictures are hilarious, Coach. If you want to check that out. So someone actually vid- a YouTube videotaped it. Well, no, nobody has the, just pictures of the guy oh, in the outfit okay. and stuff. Yeah, okay. so yeah, they don't have any YouTube uh, of that stuff, and yeah. it really is too bad. By the way, that speaking of funny guys in outfits, all over my Facebook pages, uh, and you got to check out this Facebook page. A dude known as this year man, uh huh, who was uh, a Chicago. He he wears what the Chicago Cub blue. Yeah, I, I'm, the, I'm familiar with him. I've actually friended him with the red cape. This year man, outstanding. I I emailed him yesterday. I said. Uh, Wait till next year, this year, man. <laughs> well, if this year is – we're already working on next year, this year, so next year is really considered this year right now, mm-hmm. especially since the OS seems in. So everything that was this year is really last year. Yeah. Thank you. For transcripts of today's show and that explanation by Joe uh, Radwanski, you can write our sister producer, Randy Myers, will be happy to send you a full translation of what Joel just said. At least I hope Randy can, because I certainly couldn't. Do you think Theo, uh, you, he's looking for new logos, new images of the Chicago Cubs? Any chance he could adopt this year, man, maybe as something new for the Cubs? You know, that's not a bad idea. And I, I'm going to find out where Epstein parks. Okay, I'll do that for him, because I know this year, man, is busy. Okay, okay. and then I'll, yeah, I'll email him. And then I'll just have him stalk Epstein. Okay. Because one of our emailers sent in that there was a rumor that Theo Epstein was seen having coffee with uh, this year man in a caribou coffee a couple of blocks away from Wrigley Field. Rumor only. But, you know, hey, who knows? Stranger things have happened. I hope that it's a rumor, and if it's a not, I certainly hope this year man was drinking decaf because there is you don't want to see that guy gooped up on a lot of it. (laughs) All right. What's story number two? I love the San Jose one. 
Oh, yeah. We're, we're, see, they'll probably go down, you know, really quick. But just to let you know, Coach, that the, the flesh-eating banana scare in South Africa is not true. There was, oh, the, well, there was a banana company, like one banana company wanted to put the other one out of business. So they put out a scare that these bananas were flesh-eating bananas. Coach, people thought they were dying after they ate this stuff. It was it was quite a scare down in, in South Africa. So you don't have to worry about it. If you got a South African banana, go ahead and eat it. Big Dog, I know you've been sick lately. Are you sure you're not under the influence of some kind of pharmaceutical at this point? No, I'm not. All right, because you're you're saying these stories like they actually happen. Flesh-eating bananas is a is an anti-marketing campaign. Yeah, for real. Yeah, they'll do anything in Africa, won't they? Wow, is that available on YouTube videos as well? Yes, you can. In order to go to that, go to DrudgeReport.com. It talks about the flesh-eating uh, bananas in Mozambique. It's crushing sales, coach. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah. there's one about the the saddest cities in America, Coach. Now, I know you don't like these polls, and, and I don't like them either, but I do like the discussions that get brought up because of them. Now, uh, there's a list, and on this list, there's probably some cities that you'd have absolutely no problem guessing which would be at the, the top of the list for the saddest mm-hmm. cities in America. I actually saw the headlines for this story, and almost was going to plug into it, and I forget what I was doing. I was a little depressed at the time, and I didn't want to even get more depressed, but I did see this. I know one of them was a military institution, right? Or, or a... Uh, a military city? Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Here, um, yeah. I do know that the, the number one city in America... Sa- saddest city. What, what? Before you give us the number one, do you, what were the parameters? Um, all they basically looked at was uh, they... Uh, they did. They talked to 1,000 people in the city mm-hmm. and talked about like their depression levels, how happy they were, and, okay. and, and and what they felt. And it's just amazing some of the cities that are on this list because you wouldn't see them because a lot of them are like the southern cities. So uh, you know what it is? I think up here in the north that we have uh, we actually have seasons, and I think it like allows people to like get stuff out of their system. You know, because mm-hmm. don't you think differently throughout the year? Yes. All these cities that are on the list, hardly any of them have seasons. So. Yeah, not necessarily better, but, but I do think differently, no question about it, as the seasons progress. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess first on the list, based on the flesh-eating banana story, i got to go Mozambique is number one, being depressed. <laughs> now that, that's a country, Coach. Ah. But uh, okay. believe it or not, it's not. Uh. Now, uh, the number one on the list, which is, you know, you, you can guess forever, you probably wouldn't get it, but it is the name of a very prominent uh, Western Russian city that's located in Florida. I don't know. St. Petersburg. Who? St. Petersburg. St. Petersburg. Petersburg, okay. Now, number two is Detroit, which we well, can all see. Getting back to St. Petersburg, that might be because, you know, most of the people are probably within 80% of the population of St. Petersburg knows they're going to pass away in a couple of years. You know, you know, so that would add to the that. Depression. That you're exactly right because number two is Detroit, <laughs> and then everyone else after that is a uh, they're all like uh, retirement destinations. Interesting. Florida and like Mobile, Alabama, and Montgomery, Alabama. I mean, those are like like uh, retirement destinations for people like to live on the Gulf and just mm-hmm. end up dying. So it doesn't matter that you live in a beautiful yeah. area; you know you're at the end of your life. Now the all the other cities, which are very strange. They have the happiest cities in America, the ten happiest cities, and, and I'm not kidding. If you start listening, to like Fargo, North Dakota, mm-hmm. Burlington, Vermont, uh, so you start going through these cities. These are like the most lily white cities in the world, and all these other cities 
are extremely uh, like diverse and have like uh, different uh, like uh, nationalities in it. So basically, uh, I'm just, I, I think those white people might be happier than everybody else. <laughs> I was getting a little bit worried which way you were going to go with that. You got to be, you know, a little bit uh, careful here, politically correct. You never know what our listeners might jump on, but uh, no, no, no. I hope well, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be. Yeah, I'm not just being honest. I mean, like, so maybe there's probably reasons for that, and people who are listening to this can be like, well, there's reasons why white people are happier than mm-hmm. everybody else. Interesting. Uh, but, mm-hmm. Now, was that your conclusion, or did the study actually? No, that was just my conclusion okay. when I looked at it because every single of the top ten Phillies were lily white city coach, and I cannot find those links that I was on because I I uh-huh. went over and did all my beat the schmo picks, uh-huh. and I feel real stupid. But, yeah, at least uh, you got your priorities straight. Yeah, interesting. All right, well we'll have to check that out. The saddest cities and the happiest. Did Chicago make uh, top ten, top twenty, honorable mention in either category? Neither one, and since it wasn't a Chicago-based story, they didn't actually like mention chicago whatsoever mm-hmm. but all the small like all the like the the cities that they ranked as the happiest none of them were larger than like two hundred thousand people mm-hmm. they were all like that mid-level like which i have to admit that it's not bad living in a city like that size a hundred thousand two hundred thousand people oh i'd love to you know it's maybe it's the grass is always greener on the other side of the fence but living in a small town even smaller than that i've always thought that'd be kind of cool randy do you got chicago to... is 29th saddest 29th saddest. Yes. Oh, so you got the list, Randy. Yeah, okay. it's a whole I, list. I, I wow. lost it. I just had him off. 29th saddest. Well, that's not Hard too to bad. Hard to believe. That's not too bad. Depends who you – they probably surveyed it like after a Bears game. You walk around the city of Chicago on a Monday after a Bears loss and the sadness factor is cons- consistently down, big dog. Yeah, if, if you ask like uh... – in the middle of July, and the Cubs and White Sox are in first place, mm-hmm. and it's not a 95-degree July, it's an 85-degree July, yep. people can be like, I'm the happiest person in the world. Mm-hmm. Seriously. So, yeah, it's, yeah you, ask, you ask him in Chicago on, on uh, January 8th, and the Bears were 6-10 and 10 that year. Yep. Oh, my goodness. And, and uh, Michael Jordan just retires. People want to hang themselves. Mm-hmm. Either that or uh, I don't know if this would add to the happiness or sadness factor, probably a little of both, but it's almost become a yearly tradition like Christmas or Thanksgiving, but when one of our politicians, including uh, our highest ranking ones like a governor, gets uh, convicted and you know sent away to prison. I don't depending on your point of view, that can be add to the happiness or sadness factor, but it's it's almost a holiday tradition now, big dog. It, it's so hard because you know how much I hate corruption yep. and all the, I hate it, coach. So um it's kind of difficult because I'm happy that we, you know, we got one of them, but then it's just, just, just an indictment of our whole entire system. Mm-hmm. And I doubt that's the only person who's corrupt in the whole mm-hmm. uh, scheme of things. I think your feeling is felt by many. A little bit of satisfaction that they're caught, but overall a stronger feeling of disgust that it went on and even more disgust that, you know, it's not, a, maybe it's been helped a little bit, but it still is going on on a regular basis. And it's, uh, it's the feeling of disgust, I think, with political <laughs> corruption. It's ugly. And if you want to get to really ugly, maybe we should turn to our, our, our football picks, Coach, because there's a lot of good football to be talked about over the next uh, over the next three days. Mm-hmm. Tonight is the Pac-12 championship. And then, and then also, and the, and don't forget the, Thank the you. Mac. Thank you. I was going to get on you if you forgot to mention NIU taking on Ohio University, Northern Illinois. Hour and 28 minutes and 18 seconds from our studios here, Big Dog. And, you know, when they're successful, we call them a Chicago-area team. 
without a doubt. Yeah. Yes. When they're bad, they're the uh, you know they're from DeKalb. But if they're winning, we consider DeKalb a Chicago area team. But they're playing for um, their sixth win in a row for maybe a shot, maybe of getting in the top twenty-five, and more importantly, winning the conference and going to a big bowl game. No, I'm. Uh, I really, really wish that they played the MAC championship games instead of at a one-third filled Ford Field if they played them at a full home stadium of the team. Because I'm telling, I guarantee you one thing: if Northern Illinois was playing a home game, I would pay up to a hundred bucks to go watch them play a conference championship game if I couldn't get a face value ticket. Mm-hmm. I, honestly, because I mean that's that would be. I can't even imagine it'd be so quiet. I live 25 minutes from the place, you know. So it's, I really wish they did that. So I think it would be. I like the fact that, uh, like the Pac-10 is going to, or Pac-12 is going to do it, and they're not sure if they're ever going to have a, uh, a like a, a championship game played. I like whoever has the better record having the home championship game. I I think it should be an on-campus thing. So mm-hmm. just, I, I would agree with that to get the crowd and get the atmosphere much better. Basketball has started to do that a little bit more um, in some of the smaller school conferences now. Instead of playing at a neutral site, they'll have the semifinals and the championship at the home team site so you get a better crowd. What do you think of that game? And then uh, also tonight, the, you know, a lot of interesting intrigue in the UCLA-Oregon game. One, you know, the, the possibility of the huge upset. Two, you've got Rick Neuheisel getting fired but still coaching the team in the championship game. And three, UCLA with a possibility of, of losing, you know, a likelihood of losing and going six and seven, losing their last three games, coach being fired and still being invited to a bowl game. And four, you got a bowl game where one team is a, not a bowl game, I'm sorry, a conference championship game where one team, Big Dog, is a 31-point favorite. That's unbelievable. So it was a lot of uh, interesting stories in that Pac-12 championship. You threw four different things at me to talk about, and there are so many different ways I can go with all of it. I can start with this. One, it's an absolute joke that Reggie Bush's sins don't allow USC, yeah. these kids that had nothing to do with Reggie Bush, have to miss out on, on this uh, Pac-12 championship game. It's a shame because of Reggie Bush, all of us, USC, well not, all, all the USC fans and all of us that are college football fans have to watch UCLA go in as the the whipping boys for an Oregon team that is absolutely absolutely going to thump them. But it's funny, like Oregon, when they were a 14-and-a-half point favorite over USC, I remember like thinking in my head, you know, USC can win this game unlike most 14-and-a-half point underdogs. But just USC plays so up-tempo that if you think they're going to win, they're probably going to win by two touchdowns. That's, that was my thinking. They're a 31-point favorite over UCLA. I can't imagine UCLA even making this a football game, Coach. So they're going to be six and seven. And UCLA bitched to the NCAA that it's not fair that we're being forced to play in the big, in the Pac-12 championship game. And now we'll have a losing record because we're playing Oregon and we won't be able to go to a bowl game. So the NCAA said, you know what? Even if you lose this game, you can go to a bowl game. This is one of the biggest disasters <laughs> in the, that you could ever have in the inaugural Pac-12 championship game. Honestly, it's a joke USC isn't playing it because of Reggie Bush's sins, first and foremost. But let's let's keep on reminding ourselves that everybody that is associated with USC football right now had nothing to do with what happened. And yet they're going to watch UCLA who, by the way, they eked out a 50 50 to nothing win last week over, go play Oregon and basically hand Oregon the first Pac-12 championship game. Coach, I know it would be a nice story to see UCLA 
play a great game and, and give Neuheisel, uh, you know, a, a send-off. But let's admit it, they showed Rick Neuheisel being carried off the field by his players after the last practice. Do you know why he was carried off the field yesterday, Coach? Do not. Because they know they're going to get their butt hammered on on <laughs> on, the, on Friday night, and they won't be able to carry him off the field then. Think about it. Why would they carry their coach off at a practice? That was weird. Uh, I, I understand they're trying to be classy, and they did the right thing because they are going to get their butt handed to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Too bad. The whole Pac-12 championship down the so, of the UNC-Oregon rematch. Oh, my goodness, would that be the most scintillating game that probably this weekend. So the picture I've seen a bunch of times of the last day or so of Rick Neuheisel doing the U and the C and the L and the A being carried off by his players, that was not after a winning game? That was after this most recent so, practice? Yeah, exactly. Wow, I didn't realize that. It's kind of cool. At least the players apparently still like the guy. Well, they would have carried him off, off over their last win, I'm sure, but the, the problem was he was fired this week. So yeah. they and were like, hey, we want to carry you off, and we're not going to carry you off after we lose uh, to Oregon 67-6. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, just in case we don't win our uh, final game, Coach, we're going to carry you off in practice. Not that we're confident we're not going to win the next game, but uh, we think we will do that. Now, help yeah, me out so, of the Pac-12. Your, your point on Reggie Bush is so right on, by the way, and it's not – mentioned enough so i'm glad you brought that out again you did it yesterday did it again today by the way we haven't thrown our phone number out today i apologize you want to check in any of the stories we've talked about including flesh-eating bananas or uh the wacko in san jose at the post office feel free to give us a call 888-463-6748 if you are the wacko in san jose or if maybe you're one of the flesh-eating bananas give us a call we'd love to talk to you up close and personal 888-463-6748 48. Correct me if I'm wrong, Big Dog. In the Pac-12, they've all, the top three teams have each knocked each other off, right? Stanford beat USC. USC beat Oregon, and Oregon beat Stanford. Do I got that right? Yes, Coach, you got that. And, okay. and Arizona State also beat USC, but USC's in the, in the yeah. South. Well, Arizona so. State also got beat by uh, Hinkley Big Rock. They lost, like, their last four games. Mm-hmm. I almost panicked. <laughs> My uh, good friend, uh, Dr. Jack, regular listener to the pro, program you're uh-huh. familiar with dr jack air longtime arizona state grad i uh-huh. called him this morning to talk about a couple other things and i asked him did you hear about the rumor that asu is looking at ron zook <laughs> there, was, there was like three Why or four seconds yeah I, I got his heart to jump a couple stops before um before he, he realized you were joking huh he didn't know you were joking i think he did but it, it you know there was like that initial two or three seconds where i got him and then, he, and then he realized the impossibility of that. But, uh, all right, so you got the three powerhouse teams in the Pac-12. They've all knocked each other off. And um, uh, that championship game is tonight, right, 7 o'clock? Yeah, okay. yeah. No, no, it probably is going to be after the, the MAC championship game, I'm sure. Yeah, I so. don't think so, actually. I think it's. I think well, the Mac, right MAC game is at 6. I think the Pac game is at 7. You got the MAC and the PAC and the SAC and the WAC. You could play all four of those conferences at the same time. All right, what about tomorrow, Big Dog? Some great games. We talked about the Big Ten game yesterday. Again, college football fans, you want to make your uh, beat the Schmoes football picks? We'll get to some NFL in just a minute here. 888-463-6748. Call in. It's for the most part a painless phone call. You do have to get by uh, producer Randy Myers for a brief moment in time, which... We've talked to his wife, and she has uh, confirmed that that can be painful for a brief moment in time. But don't worry. It's very brief. You'll be on there with us in no time at all. Um, 
What about Michigan State, Wisconsin? Big A lot of people, I've noticed a trend. Early in the week, Wisconsin big. A lot more people are starting to say, you know what, Michigan State could pull off the mini upset. Uh, yeah, they definitely can pull it off. Let, let, let's face it. But I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, that's actually one of my beat the schmo picks wow. that uh, I'll be making coming up here. So. Shocking. <laughs> I love when you tease the public. Yeah, well, that's what I have to do. Oklahoma State and Oklahoma is not a conference championship game. It is a great football game. Sometimes we get it two. Is the web, no, no, it, it, who's the, it is the conference championship game. The winner of that game is the 2011 Big 12 champion. Undisputed, untied, sole possession, the champion of the, really? of the league. So there's there's yeah. no conference play, uh, cross-conference playoff. No, there's there's only ten teams in the Big Twelve, coach. Ah. You have to have twelve teams in order to have a, a playoff game gotcha. at the end of your season. Gotcha. So that's that's kind of a that's kind of, hey the Big Twelve. Hey, why don't you have a big why don't you have a championship game? Well, we only have twelve ten teams in the Big Twelve. Oh, okay, I, I guess. Yeah. So. Actually, they're going to have nine when Missouri leaves in about uh, four minutes and twelve seconds. Although they're going to pick up a couple of teams. All right, so. So what do you think of that game? Oklahoma State's explosive offense. Oklahoma's got a couple of key players injured, including I know they're running back, but the guy filling in for him is pretty good. Oklahoma's uh, got got a little revenge factor going, but what do you, what, how do you see that one playing out? They have quarterback issues, too, all bunch of injuries there. That That's a really, really tough game to call. Uh, I, I would definitely lean a little bit towards Oklahoma State. This was a, a, a series that used to – it was Bedlam because – Stuff that you could never explain what happened in this series, but for the last eight years, Oklahoma's been better, and they've hammered them every year. So I do think it probably ends this year. This is Oklahoma State's best team since forever. Mm-hmm. Since I've been alive, this is their best team, probably since Barry yeah. Sanders. Was- yeah, it's very rare for Oklahoma to be the underdog against Oklahoma State. That's kind of odd. Speaking of underdogs, Georgia, the Fighting Bulldogs, having a great, after a rough start, uh, Mark Rick's coaching career, at Georgia, possibly uh, on the line, they win eight consecutive games. I think it is playing great football. Got a very young team, especially on the offensive side, and they're going up against uh, the powerhouse that is LSU. On a scale of one to ten, Big Dog, what are the odds of a uh, Georgia Bulldog upset? Uh, the odds are on a one to ten are about a one in ten chance. Really? And that whole entire, the only thing is, the only reason why there's any chance that Georgia possibly could win is the simple fact that LSU kind of knows they're in the national title game. They, I, I can't imagine it happening because this team has been focused in every single game this year, so maybe it's less than 1 in 10. Uh, I, I mentioned it to uh, Briano today. I told him the only way that Georgia wins if they get four turnovers and at least one return touchdown, whether it's punt, kick, or interception. Wow. Just got an I mean, angry uh, email. Pauly Peach. Paulie Peach from Georgia just uh, said, tell Joel to blow it out of his backside. Not happy with your prediction there. One out of ten. I thought you were going to say, like, maybe three. Oh, no. Come on. Dude, this is... Well, I understand LSU is good, but you do have to respect what Georgia's done the last eight games. I absolutely respect what Georgia has done in their 10-game winning streak, Coach. Mm-hmm. I absolutely do. Okay? The, uh, another thing that I, I respect is the fact that so far this season... On 45 pass attempts of 20 yards or greater, okay, at 45 pass attempts, six have been completed against LSU, eight have been intercepted, five have been returned for touchdowns. They have 
if you throw the ball more than 20 yards down the field, you're risking a touchdown one out of every nine attempts. Their defensive backfield is the greatest. It's the greatest unit in all of America, whether you're talking about like Michigan State's defensive line, Wisconsin's offensive line, uh, Oklahoma's receivers, even though they're all depleted right now. Uh, <laughs> the best unit in all of football is LSU's DB. So if Georgia cannot run the ball like – I'm just not talking effectively, Coach. Dominantly, they don't have any chance to win. All right. Paulie Pete's just uh, emailed in again. He said uh, with two comments for He said, one – Tell Joel to stick it where the sun doesn't shine, and two, tell Joel to take an extremely long walk on a very short pier. Apparently, I, you've, I uh, could, I'll be more than happy to do that. As a matter of fact, I can go <laughs> do that at my backyard. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Just, hey, you know, he may be angry. I like the fact Paulie Peach is listening out in Atlanta. By the no, way, I you, have no problem with that. you want to email in like Paulie Peach did? You can at uh, that's a weird name too. You got the Italian and the Southern uh, Paulie Peach. Uh, you can email us at Mike. Two guys at AOL.com. M-I-C and the number two. Mike, two guys, AOL.com. All right, what are, what are, we, what are we missing for tomorrow's activities? Are we got uh, any other well, big games? The, you don't care about the ACC championship game, Virginia Tech. Yes, I do. Uh, uh, over Clemson. Yes, I do. I, 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 that's a great I see Virginia game. Tech winning that game. I really do see Virginia Tech winning that game. Davo Sweeney, is, him and his Clemson Tigers, they have turned the ball over 12 times in the last three games. They're all, they're all, I mean, that's horrible. They're losing to North Carolina State. They're, they are, are sleepwalking. And if you basically, if you're turning the ball over against Virginia Tech, you're going to lose because they don't turn it over and they definitely take it away from you. Who would you say, Polly Peach wants to know who's a better special teams coach, Frank Beamer or Ron Zook? Now, uh, <laughs> statistically, <laughs> you would definitely give it to Frank Beamer, okay? <laughs> but uh, But emotionally, Emotionally, I, I'm going to have to give it to Frank Beamer also because there have been yeah. times that uh, he almost cost me thousands of dollars because I've almost burnt down my house and kicked my television <laughs> in after watching Illinois special teams this year. So I, I want to go with since Frank Beamer's the greatest and Ron Zook is the worst. I'm uh, going to go with a slight edge to Frank Beamer in that one. Yeah. Ron, you cannot coach our offense. You cannot coach our defense, but you're still the head coach of our team. God bless you. Oh, and if you want to, you know, coach the special teams, go ahead and do that. And they proceed to have the worst special teams in the history of Robert Zupke Stadium. Enough said in that category. I think that's going to be a heck of a game, by the way. And I will pick, I'll disagree with you, I think uh, Clemson. In a minor, you can't call it a major upset. I think Clemson rises to the occasion, minor upset, and beats Virginia Tech. And it's going to happen on a last-second field goal. Coach, Virginia Tech has like two NFL players on their team. Mm -hmm. Clemson's got about 12. And you're right, it still would be an upset. By the way, speaking of last-second field goals, pretty good game yesterday on West Virginia in a conference championship potential game. There's all kinds of complications out there in the Big East. But West Virginia last night beating South Florida on a field goal at the buzzer. Big dog had a pretty good game. That was a phenomenal game. It was uh, 27-27. West Virginia has the ball fourth and ten. With 13 seconds to go in the game, on South Florida's 42. So if they don't convert the ball, convert, and maybe they don't run enough uh, seconds off the clock, you're giving South Florida a chance to get a field goal themselves because they have timeout. You sure? Okay. I tuned in late and I was watching, but I did. I kind of, I kind of tuned in as the game was going on. You sure that was fourth down? It was fourth and ten. You know the beautiful thing was. 
is they called it third and five because there was a penalty for too many people on the field. That's why you probably got confused. Okay, well, they went back and they realized that the guy who ran off the field was the 11th guy. So they played that down with 10 guys. So they had called a penalty, made it third and five, and realized that this guy was running off the field. He should have stayed on. So they went back to fourth and 10. That was the confusion right there for you, Coach. Interesting. So well, as you know, 10, I'm, I'm confused easy. In, uh, well, on, on fourth and 10, they throw a pass. Geno Smith throws to some kid named last name, last name Bailey, yep. and they were high school teammates. Coach, one of the most finest connections I've seen all yep. season. This kid runs a post, perfectly thrown ball, leading him nice and low. The kid dives out for it, catches it with his hands, and uh, West Virginia's uh, kicker converts after and some confusion. What you didn't and, mention uh, is three defenders in the air. It looked like the Lovey Smith you know, prevent cover, too, but there was a defender to his left, there was a defender to his right, and there was a defender behind him. So if the quarterback, he had very little margin for error. He put it right in the pocket between those three defenders. Very impressive play in an incredibly clutch situation. Yeah, uh, so uh, West Virginia's got a really good offense coach. That Geno Smith, can he can play some quarterback. He's got a cannon. My goodness, he could throw the ball. I like the West Virginia's coach, too, who got his first ever uh, – Gatorade shower, maiden his maiden Gatorade dumping voyage right on the air while the uh, very lovely female sports reporter was interviewing him. I love the way he handled that in the interview afterward. I don't know much about the guy, but he seems like a pretty cool guy and one that uh, would be easy to play for. First-year coach, too, for West Virginia, right? Now, uh, Dana, Dana Holgerson was the Oklahoma State offensive coordinator last year. Okay. He did a pretty good job, and, and so uh, he's had a bunch of good – like. He goes from school to school as an offense coordinator and changes almost totally around. Before that, he was at Houston. So, you know, it ends up, I mean, the guy can flat out coach you. And by the way, the lovely young lady, her name is Jen Brown, coach. Okay. And uh, uh, just don't get your hopes up because did you see the size of the rock on her hand? I did like not. the tournament, coach. Did not notice that. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I don't even know how she can hold her hand up. <laughs> I mean, seriously, the guy must be pretty uh, insecure, if you know what I'm talking about. I hear you. I hear you. All right, that uh, pretty much uh, covers the college football. Should be good stuff. Good game last night. couple of good games tonight and a great Saturday. Hopefully, Big Dog, you don't have too many work-related and or social activities. You'll be able to uh, watch a little bit of college football tomorrow, I hope. Uh, tonight, tomorrow, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday night, and uh, Tuesday night. And next Thursday, Coach. That's what, I'll, yeah, that's what I'll be watching for. Boy. I almost feel bad for your social life. It sounds like you're uh... <laughs> What do you think my social life is, Coach? I, I have no idea. I mean, honestly, think about it. I mean, what, what else do I do besides watch football and then have people come to the house, they kiss mm-hmm. the ring, and they watch football, and they try yeah. to act like they know football, and then they leave. Okay. So it's beautiful, Coach. Sounds like your relationship with females not going anywhere, but your relationship with Virginia Tech uh, special teams coach Frank Beamer. On the uh, bright side, sounds like it's progressing very well. Yeah, I'm not too worried about female relationships anymore, Coach. <laughs> and oh. I, 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 hopefully that comes off as heterosexual and as manly yeah. as it possibly can. I was going to say, you make a comment like that, 15 minutes left in the show, and we got to get to beat the schmoes. There's so many ways we could go with that, Big Dog, and so little time to do so. How about to say, uh, other than to say that I'm extremely happy right now. Okay, excellent. Excellent. Is that Frank Beamer related, or is that with a female? No, I got to tell you, this Frank Beamer related because uh, okay. a short snapper is involved. <laughs>
You know what I mean? You got to yes. have, in order to get that extra point, you got to have a short snapper. Hey. <laughs> Take it easy. Hey, very quickly, two uh, two videos that we're seeing that were absolutely hilarious that I have to mention, and then we'll make our Beat the Schmoes football picks. And, again, you want to join us on uh, Beat the Schmoes, feel free to do so. Phone lines open. Love to hear from you. Comments on college, pro football, Bears game included. 888-463-6748. I know it's a little bit of late news, Big Dog, but the Joe Cap fight at that press conference up in the, for the Canadian Football League, absolutely hilarious. And this is just a little snippet, but I found it quite humorous. Last night on the sports they showed, uh, I think it was the Japanese team that Darren Williams played for. No, no, for, no, no, no. He played for a Turkish team. Okay, for the Turkish, and they're hanging his rafter up. In the, they're the retiring thing? his number. Oh, you, you haven't, you, you just heard about this? I, yes. Oh my goodness, that, uh, without <laughs> question. All right, coach, uh, if, if somebody <laughs> says, uh, think about this, because I told you how good this kid was. So in, in right when he gets drafted in, in 05, okay, if somebody says to you, Darren Williams will be an all-NBA player and eventually will have his number retired and it will be 2011, we'd both be like, oh, he died in a plane crash? You know what I'm saying? How, how will we know that the guy had his number retired after playing in nine ball games, coach? <laughs> Not just retired, but his jersey is going to be hanging in the rafters. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the, but the coach admittedly said he's he's by far the greatest player we've ever had in the league. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey. I was like, you know, that's cool. Why not? Nine games? We had an all-NBA player come here for nine days, and we're going to remember those, yeah. those weeks. Right. So. I just found that very, very humorous. All right, let's get to our Beat the Schmoes of football picks, Big Dog. Would you like to go first, second, and now Randy Myers has in four. Are you going to make the picks, or you want me to read them off, Randy? Randy's got... Wait, what are you bringing me? Randy's bringing me another list, and I've already got a list. Isn't this the list? This is fascinating. This is oh, another list. Okay, what the Randy with the game behind the line is what his fourth? These are his top three picks. These are his top three. Okay. Oh, there you go, big dog. David Olson is learning, so he 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 put a fourth game in in case I agreed with him. On any one of the three, then he told Randy Myers to go with the fourth pick. <laughs> wow. Well, well, David normally bats cleanup, so we're going to have him go last because he has to go after you anyway. So wow. since we might as well just have him go, you go right before him, so I'll do my picks real quick. He's, he's, and, he's uh, lucky I don't have thin skin. Actually, I do have thin skin. I take that as an incredible insult. All right, big dog. The uh, female public out there anxiously anticipating one of the highlights of our week here, your Beat the Schmoes football picks. Uh, in the inaugural Big Ten championship game, two teams fighting for the Stag Paterno Trophy. I mean, the Stag Trophy. Paulie Peach two wants to know, what does inaugural mean? Inaugural? Um, well, when you finally get a woman, I'll, I'll teach you what that means. Okay. <laughs> so, Wisconsin taking on Michigan State. Wisconsin's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Shocking. I really do think Wisconsin's going to put the hammer down on Michigan State. It's not going to be easy, but I see like a, like a 38-20 grinded-out win mm-hmm. over Michigan State. Michigan State doesn't have enough on offense. I, I hate to tell you, I see you coming back Monday at about 10-15 going, how did I mess up on that prediction? But No, I, 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 I don't think so, Coach. Okay. Okay, we're gonna we'll find out. We'll find Kirk. out. That was a great game. It was a great game, but we'll see. Kirk Cousins, uh, quarterback of Michigan State, and I think his ninth. He's like a ninth year senior. He 
He got redshirted yeah, for like yeah, six bro. years. The guy's like 33 years old. His grandkids come to the game. He's a veteran quarterback, but he's outstanding. Uh, they gave him a six-year eligibility just so he can come back and break Jeff Smoker's records because they didn't want uh, the greatest passer in yards and touchdowns <laughs> in Michigan State history to be the guy that was known for selling uh, hash and weed and cocaine on campus. Wait you a minute, wait, 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 wait. You're telling me a quarterback by the name of Jeff Smoker got caught selling hash and weed on campus? And cocaine on campus. Uh, you you don't remember that, Coach? No. At Michigan State? Just look up Jeff Smoker. Look you it up. The most disgusting story in the history. That's unbelievable. No, no, it's not. Excuse me. That's not the most disgusting story in the history of the Big Ten. Excuse me. There's, there's been... One that's been a little bit worse recently that we can talk about the most disgusting story in the history of American sports. But I just mean like, and uh, wow. it was just stupid. The kid was an idiot. Coach. Well, especially really if you sad. come on, if your last name is Smoker, <laughs> that's unbelievable. All right, game two. Uh, game two is actually the first game Woo-hoo! tomorrow. Conference USA conference championship. Wow! And uh, this is going to be one heck of a football game. And I know everybody's sitting there talking about. Houston's going to kill Southern Miss. Well, I, I've seen it everywhere from 16 to 14, Coach. And I'll take only the 14. That's all I need. Southern Miss, 14-point underdogs are going to upset the Houston Cougars. They're going to win the game. Interesting. So, Does that mean Case Keenan is no longer a Heisman Trophy candidate? Uh, Case Keenan, you are without question the, the statistically the greatest quarterback and efficiently unbelievable well, you're not a real Heisman Trophy candidate. And, and I'm not knocking the kid whatsoever. He's a good kid. Uh, but uh, enjoy the last game you ever start ever. I, I think if he does have a big game, let me ask you first. Now, the conference championship games, they do count towards the Heisman, correct, Doug? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think That's if he has a big game, big he's, he's got a chance of winning it. It's pretty open. Andrew Luck, the favorite, but he's not you're insurmountable. Right, you're, you're right, because just say he has an incredible game and there's a dramatic finish and and none of the other people do any well they're almost all done because luck and Richardson are done okay and, and if Robert Griffin doesn't do anything in a in a win again or, or if he loses against Texas and he doesn't move up and Keenan does something just remarkably incredible maybe he can backdoor because nobody is controlling it not even Andrew luck right now I really don't even think he's holding on to it whatsoever Matt Barkley, Brandon Whedon. I feel like we're forgetting one other potential candidate. Monte Ball and Russell Wilson. No, not Russell Wilson anymore. Monte what, Ball. What, hold on, hold on. What do you mean no. not Russell Wilson anymore? He doesn't, doesn't Russell throw Wilson, it off. Russell Wilson is on right now setting the all-time eh. NCAA record for pass efficiency. Eh. He's, too, he's too restricted. Well, why is he not on the on the radar? What's what do you mean he's too restricted? He's, he's too. They they don't let him unveil himself, so to speak, in that offense. To be a Heisman Trophy winner, you got to have a little bit more impact. It's the the games that I've watched. It's too conservative an offense. He doesn't play a big enough part in that. So what if what if? Okay, I understand. I understand exactly yeah. what you're saying. What if Monte Ball uh, scores five touchdowns tomorrow and? and uh, ties the all-time touchdown record. I don't think he wins, but he, that might get him invited. But I don't think he's been good enough all season. He's got the touchdowns, but it's not like, and again, he's been a great running back, but I don't think Heisman great between uh, the 20-yard line and the 20-yard line. Now, the 35 touchdowns, if he gets it, would be unbelievable. Maybe he gets him invited there, but I don't think he wins the Heisman. But I think Robert Griffin can win it. Luck can win it. Um, Case Keenan can win it. 
Is Kellen Moore out of the picture? The kid from Boise State, I guess yeah, he is. They huh? lost. They lost a game, so he's out. Well, so what? You could win a Heisman and lose a game. Coach, coach, coach. If you're coming, you had to, you're you're thinking all nice and 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 smiley face. If you come from what a school that is a from a smaller conference, you've got to be undefeated to win the Heisman Trophy. I don't agree with that. There, I you might not vote that way, but I'm telling you, just in real, real, in real life, no kid, no. 80-year-old man from Alabama who's had a Heisman vote for the last 60 years and watches two games all weekend is going to vote for Kellen Moore if they're not undefeated. Even if Kellen Moore's thrown for a billion yeah. yards. That's the problem. There's too many 80-year-old guys from Alabama and Mississippi on the Heisman ballot. Yeah, right. might, that might be true. The last time like if somebody from nowhere won the Heisman Trophy was, and they weren't undefeated was Andre Ware in 89. And look back now, he shouldn't have won the Heisman Trophy. All right, got to get to finish up Beat the Schmoes. Game number three. So, so far you got Southern Miss and the upset. You're taking favored Wisconsin, giving up the points. Game three for the Big Dog. Uh, LSU is anywhere from 13 to 14. I'll take him at 13.5 point favorite over Georgia. Watch him put the beat down on somebody. This team, this is the, uh, uh, the game where they should lose focus. They will not. They'll get it done. I can. Georgia cannot score more than 20 points in this game. So that's why 13 and a half will be just right. So I'll take LSU minus 13 and a half. Okay. My, my sentiment says there's a chance at best you're going to go one and two, Big Dub. That's the way I look at it. Uh, I feel much better now that you said it. Okay. <laughs> uh, take it easy. Take it easy. All right, here we go. Uh, I'm going all pro football on my picks. The uh, Jets at the Washington Redskins. I'm going to take the Washington Redskins. The picture of them winning in the last final seconds in their uh, game last weekend, Big Dog. I think they got the momentum, a little bit of feel-good going again. Rex Grossman and company, I'm going to pick them in the upset over the Jets. They're at home. The Jets are favored by three. Game two, I'm agreeing with David Olson, which means automatically we go to David's fourth pick. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills bounce back against the Tennessee Titans. The Bills are at home, Big Dog, and they're favored by a point in a half, uh, quarterback Ryan McLaughlin, or what's his name? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, him too. I think we'll have a bounce back game, and I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills over the Tennessee. I still, I like saying Ryan McLaughlin. Thank you very much. Uh, and the Denver Broncos at the Vikings. Everybody's surprised. How can the Vikings be favored? Two and nine. McNabb's gone. They got Christian Ponder playing quarterback. The Broncos have won five in a row. They're six. How can the Vikings be favored? Anytime I hear that. I start to say, you know what, the oddsmakers know what they're talking about. I'm going to take the hometown Minnesota Viking team and the points and my guy Christian Ponder against Timmy Tebow in Denver. Yeah, you know, no, I, I totally agree, Coach. And if you consider the way Tebow has played recently, I'm absolutely shocked that the line hasn't moved. But it just shows you that these people that are so, like, devout Christian that they just love Tim Tebow just because he keeps on saying the two words Jesus Christ all the time, these people really don't gamble. So they haven't affected the point spread whatsoever. Think about it. Betting on Tim Tebow has been a good bet because, you know, normally if you bet on the most popular thing, so many other people are betting on it, you kind of lose your odds and you lose points. Not this way. So the, the most popular guy in the NFL is actually good to bet on him. But not this week. But you're right, though. I don't know. It makes no sense that a team that's won five of the last six games would be an underdog at a team that's two and nine. There's got to be a reason, right, Coach? I would think so. You got to trust those odds makers. They, you know, as they say, the hotels in Las Vegas they weren't built on on uh, dumb gambling. 
<laughs> That's not the exact phrase, but the way you said it just rolled off the yeah. tongue beautifully, Coach. Thank you. <laughs> Take it easy. All right, David Olson's pick real quick. Uh, Houston, plus the two and a half against the Atlanta Falcons, the Houston Texans. With a, There's a lot of backup quarterbacks playing this week. Uh, they're going to be quarterbacked by T.J. Yates, right? Yes, and by the way, this is going to be the first game ever started at quarterback in the NFL by a guy that went to North Carolina. Isn't that hard to believe, Coach? It is hard to believe. Huh. Doesn't say yeah. much about North Carolina quarterbacking in the past, does it? No, I, I and after when I thought about it, I couldn't mm-hmm. name one. I'm, I'm trying to think of great North Carolina quarterbacks, and you're exactly right. But I, I didn't even know T.J. Yates went there. I love his books. I've read many of his books, but I, I'm not aware of his quarterbacking. But apparently David Olson's taken the Houston Texans. He wanted Buffalo. I already stole that one. So we're going to go down to his fourth pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers, minus six and a half. And the Steelers are playing. Who the hell are they playing? The Cincinnati Bengals. So the Pittsburgh. Oh, they're playing. Wow, okay. Pittsburgh at home, giving up six and a half. And finally, he likes Dallas, giving up four and a half points. And again, David Olson. Uh, has been incredibly red hot the entire season, Big Dog. So if any of our listeners out there are actually going to put actual cash on this, your best bet is to follow those picks. Houston, Dallas, and Pittsburgh, picked by David Olson. Remember, moment of silence for David because he could be being bent over and scoped as we speak. You know, I don't know if David Olson knows this, Coach, but... Uh, quick, Quickly, because we got to get out of here. Uh, on Facebook, there's an app, and it... He applied to it, and all of a sudden it shows all the stories that he's reading. He's an odd individual, the stories he reads. That's, you know what, I, I want to get more into that. Let's talk about that on Monday because uh, it might be a slow day, maybe Tuesday, but I want to get into the reading material. I, I haven't seen that. so I, 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 will, I will pay more attention to what David Olson has been reading. Coach. I think you should. Have a great weekend, big dog. Behave yourself. Enjoy the football, okay? Bye, y'all. Beautiful. What a thank Randy Myers. Great job fitting in for D. Olson. Have a great weekend, everybody, for... All the folks here at thetalkzone.com, two guys and a mic. We will see you Monday at 10. Don't be late.